Good morning, church family. So happy to see you all. I just want to welcome you. We want to welcome our online guests, wherever you are joining us from. We know that you will be blessed. Can I invite you to stand so that we can pray together? Dear Father God, we come before you elated, happy, joyful in the day that you have made, Lord. We are so grateful for you. We are so grateful for what you do in our lives. We're grateful for everything that you provide us, Lord. Thank you for our health. Thank you for our beautiful families, Lord. Thank you for our friends, the divine connections. We are so grateful for your goodness, for your faithfulness, Lord. Lord, we wanna praise you today. We wanna lift up your name. We wanna speak your name, Lord over anxiety, over depression, over our challenges in life, over our families, Lord, over our loved ones. We want to speak your name, Lord. We want to declare your name, your beautiful, powerful, mighty name. We thank you for the privilege of being in your house. We thank you for the privilege of being in your presence, Father God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here to minister to us and that you lead us to victory every day, Lord. We pray this in your beautiful name. Amen. Let's praise him. the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory. Yeah. Let's join in the house of the Lord. Let's join in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Let's join in the house of the Lord. Surely in this place we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Oh, we shout his praise. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always wakes away. See on up on that cross. And he rose up from that grave My God still rolling swords away There's joy in the house of the Lord There's joy in the house of the Lord today And we won't be quiet We shout out your praise There's joy in the house of the Lord Our God is surely in this place We won't be quiet We shout out your praise Now we royalty, we were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the best. 
Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy Seen you bring life within, so I'll 
chose the cross, laid down your life to rescue us. The Savior then, the Savior now. But even death was not the end. You conquered hell so I could live, resurrecting them, resurrecting.
Great are you, Lord Father. We thank you this morning. We pour our praise to you, Father. We honor you. We glorify you. We exalt you and we praise you. Your word says your mercies are new every morning. And so this morning we receive your mercy, we receive your grace, and we receive your love. And we say we thank you. We honor you for your glory and your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. For those who do not know me, my name is Oswald, and I'm really privileged to be part of the team here, and also privileged in sharing the offering scripture with you this morning. And this morning, I want us to quickly look at a story in the Bible that we all know, that is a story of the widow's might. And um, in this story, Jesus visited the temple, as we all know, he often does. And the Bible say that, says that when he went to the temple, People were giving offerings, and something interesting happened, and he used it as an opportunity to teach his, his disciples an important lesson. So I want us to quickly read, and then we look at the lessons we can learn. Luke chapter 21, verse 1 to 4. And he looked up and, up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. So he said, Truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these out of the abundance have put in offerings for God. But she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. Amen. If we look at this story, what lessons can we learn from this story? The first thing that the Lord showed me in this scripture was, you see, God, God sees differently from how we see things. And we most often love to compare ourselves with each other. But the Bible says it's not wise. God doesn't judge the size of our offering by, by what others can do, but by what we can do. And so most often, we don't have to compare ourselves with others. We just have to see what we can do, and then we do it. And also, he judges it by what is left over, not the size of what you give. Looking at this scripture, we see that the widow gave two minds, but Jesus says she gave the greatest. Why? Because... She, she, she gave all that she had. And the second thing that um, the Lord showed me here in this scripture was, you see, God looks at the heart. He doesn't look at the size of your offering. God weighs the person more than the gift. And you know, God is a hard God, and what we, why we do what we do is more important to him than what we do. We see here that the Bible says that this widow gave everything she had. She was a widow and she was poor. And you know, the Bible says that where a man's treasure is, that's where their heart is. So for her to be willing to give all that she had to God actually shows how much she valued God. If you look at the rich, the Bible says that they gave out of the abundance. So they had more than enough, sorry, to give, and they were just giving out of the abundance. But this widow gave all that she had, and it shows how much she valued God. And the last thing that I would love to share here was, you see, Jesus didn't speak to this widow personally. 
Mark's gospel describes it this way. He says that, and Jesus calling his disciples to himself, he said. And so Jesus used it as an opportunity to teach his disciples, but he didn't speak to the widow. The widow didn't know the commendation Jesus gave. In fact, she didn't even know that anyone recognized the extent of her sacrifice. And so that's how at times we often feel when we do things for God. We, we feel that nobody sees or nobody knows or nobody takes notice of it. But God takes notice of everything, even the little things, even the smallest of these. If you look at this scripture, it says that, and he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury, and he also saw a certain poor widow. And you know, this, this person was a woman. Women were not regarded at that time, sorry to say, they were second-class citizens. They were not even allowed to come into the temple. She was also a widow, and she was also poor. But Jesus took notice of her. And so every little thing we do in the kingdom or in the house of God matters so much to God. And so we would love to encourage you that every little thing you do matters and God sees it. And then, you know, Jesus commended this lady that she gave the greatest. So if indeed she gave the greatest, who would receive the greatest blessing? Because the Bible says that it's more blessed to give than to receive. So we would love to encourage you. We thank you for all the gifts and the offerings you've been given. But we would love to encourage you to give to the Lord because everything matters to, to the Lord. Amen. And then Mama D will share a very powerful message for us as well. So enjoy the rest of the service. Good morning, church. Are you all good today? Tell the person next to you, I rejoice with those that said, let us come to the house of the Lord. Are you rejoicing? <laughs> oh, it's so good. I'm Dee, for those of you who don't know you, me, one of the pastors. And honestly, when I wake up on a Sunday morning, I'm like, yes, it's Sunday. So I hope... It's not like a school day for some of you, like, oh, I have to go to church. No, it's a great day to be together, and today is a very special morning. And then I just want to reiterate what Ozzy said. Do you realize, I know sometimes we're just so involved with our little row, and we walk out, and sometimes we walk in, but as a church, we are so blessed that we have some days over 600 people walking through our doors on a Sunday morning. And that's not everyone coming to church every Sunday. That is a huge blessing. And we are so grateful for every person that walks through the door. And like Oz says, we may not see you, but God does. And he loves us being part of a family. And the way you can get a big church like this to feel connected, to feel part of a family, is to get involved with a life group. It really is hands and feet of the church. So if you aren't part of a life group, get involved. But we really do need hosts. We need people that can open up their homes. If you don't want to be a leader, or if you are wanting to be a leader and you need training, we do all of the above. So very precious. So I get to continue our, our scripture and our whole theme on foundations. And we really have had a wonderful time. And I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 6. 
again, it says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. All the type A said, hallelujah. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Remember, that was the whole scarf sermon. And if you are wondering, the scarf is coming along. And then Yoni did a great job of faith towards God. And then last week we did doctrine of baptism. So I hope you've been practicing your special language and praying in the spirit. And today I get to share on the laying on of hands. And I just want to share some of the important reasons and why we lay hands on certain individuals. And the first one would be to minister to the sick, which I'm going to go into much detail just now. But the second um, example where we see laying on of hands in the word is when they're ordaining ministers. So this is found in Acts chapter 6 verse 6. These they presented to the apostles who after prayer laid their hands on them. So we've been blessed to be ordained by the vineyard movement. And then the third one is to send forth ministers. So often when Paul or Barnabas or even Timothy would go out on their mission trips, they would lay hands on them. And we see this in Acts bless you, 13 verse 3. It says, then after fasting and praying, they put their hands on them and sent them away. So here we see some very practical areas where the Bible commands us to lay hands on certain people. And so often, I think, in ministry, in the church, we can feel that laying on of hands is for the fivefold ministry. That, you know, we call the elders to come pray for the sick. But I want to encourage us as the body of Christ that this is a foundation of faith. This is about our personal journey of what God has encouraged and almost commanded us to do is to lay hands on the sick. And I'm going to show you in the word that this is a believer's personal ministry. Whether you've done it before or you've never done it or you've maybe seen other people do it, this is for every believer that we can grow in it and we can develop it. It's one of those things where the more you do it, guess what? You don't get better at it because it was never about you. It's not like playing the drums. You get better and better as you do it more. No, it's all about Jesus anyway, whether it's the first time or the hundredth time. What happens is the more you do it, the more confident you get in who Jesus is. And that's what I want to encourage us to do. So in Luke chapter 4, verse 40, it says, Now when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. This is so powerful. Remember, we're talking about Jesus here, part of the Godhead. This is God who formed the world with let there be light. Do you think it would have been easy with all those multitudes to just be healed? He could have done that. But what did he choose to do? He says he laid hands on 
every one of them. That is so powerful for me. That just shows what a personal God we serve and the power of physical touch. Sometimes people don't just need words. They actually need a physical touch. And that's what God does for us when we lay hands on the sick. Jesus laid hands on the sick to minister them and heal them, but he never did this alone. If we look at Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says, how God, Father God, think about it, anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. This, for me, is one of the best scriptures. It's like when Jesus was baptized, where the Trinity appear. Because it says, God, as in Father God, anointed Jesus, Son of Man. And what did he do? He filled him with the Holy Ghost and with power. Jesus wasn't even alone. Jesus could have done his ministry alone, but he didn't. He needed to know that he was with the Father. He was with the Holy Spirit, and together they went about healing the sick and the oppressed and doing good and saying, God is with you. Church, we are not alone. We learned last week. We are filled when we give our lives to Jesus. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. That means when you lay hands on somebody, it's not just you. There are, four other, there are three other hands with you. Think about that. You're a team. It's you, Father God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. You are not alone. If Jesus needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk in all these acts, we are filled we don't do this out of our need to be out there. No, we are doing it because he's commanded us and he's equipped us and given everything we need in order to go out. We get to lay hands on the sick. We are not doing this alone. In Luke 10, verse 8 to 9, it says, When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you. Okay, I know parents love to quote the scripture for every toddler in the house. <laughs> I think they make t-shirts out of it, like eat what is set before you. <laughs> but this is amazing scripture. Eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. Sometimes I had to stand on this word when I was in Africa and we would go into these little villages and they would serve us their best meal and it wasn't my culture so it was very different for me and I didn't know what I was eating but I used to say thank you Jesus they've welcomed me I will eat what they give me and then we'll heal the sick and that's what happened we had the most incredible miracles but this is all part of God's commandment to us as a church he wants us praying for the sick in Mark chapter 16, verse 17 to 20, this is God's final speech. If you, if you know you're going to leave somebody and this is your last word you're going to say to them, you're going to listen because you know this is the most important thing they're ever going to say to you in their whole life. 
So if there's one scripture we need to focus on, it was Jesus' last speech before he went up to heaven. And this is what he said. And these signs will follow those who? Who? Fast 21 days? Go to church every Sunday? Remember, that's, that's comparing scarves. This is about faith righteousness and what you are believing. These will follow those who believe. So that's me. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. Amen. Drop the mic. <laughs> it is it. This is what we were commanded to do. This is our mandate straight from the mouth of Jesus. But we leave it up to everybody else because we're so scared, well, what happens if they don't get better? And the enemy rots us. What happens if I, I pray and nothing happens? I'm not going to open the can of worms for healing this morning. My job is to encourage you to lay hands on the sick. Healing, I believe, is a series we could study for the rest of our lives. One thing I know about healing is Jesus never healed the same way, the same time to anybody. Every blind man had a different type of healing. Some he spat, some he laid hands, some he spoke. If Jesus didn't have a formula, why are we looking for one? So I'm not opening that can of worms. We, we, we know God died for healing. Jesus on the cross said, it is finished. And today our job is to enforce that healing because we need to know we are not praying for sickness because we are trying to get victory. We are praying because we had victory 2,000 years ago when Jesus said, it is finished. Jesus has conquered every sin, every sickness and disease. We are praying out of a place of victory and commanding sickness to leave. We are not begging God to take sickness from us to get a victory. Does that make sense, church? We have already got the victory. Why it doesn't manifest? When we see it, I'm going to share with you now some scriptures but that is not our problem. Our mandate is to lay hands on the sick. And that's what God has called us to in the Great Commission. Now, when you say he calls and he's asked us to lay hands on the sick, I want us to just look at what some of these Greek words mean. All right? So the first word I want to look at, because we can then see, well, what is Jesus actually dealing with? Is he dealing with just a snotty nose? Is he only dealing with lepers? We know he raised some people from the dead. What does sick mean to us in our day and age today? And 
what I've learned after studying Greek for a whole weekend is <laughs> that if you find a Greek word and you say it fast with a funny accent, accent, you actually sound like you're Greek. So I am apologizing up front if there are any precious Greek family here and I say it wrong, if you could just say it a little louder then normal people will get it in the end. So if you look at the word sick, it is this Greek word aerostos. See, I've been practicing. And this comes from the word, okay, you see, it's not as easy as you all think it is. Hey? <laughs> but of course you knew that already. And then that word actually comes from the word runami, which normally means to be well, to be strong, to be good health, to possess a strong physical condition. And when an A is placed in front of this word, it reverses the condition. So all you Greek scholars, you knew that, but we're just reminding you. And so instead, it means to be in bad health, to possess a weak and broken condition. It is the image of a person so weak and sick that he has become critically ill. He is an invalid. Church, Jesus was dealing with very sick people. Can you imagine no hospital care? Doctors that knew minimal amount of knowledge compared to what they know now. There were people that were very sick and yet Jesus laid hands on them all and healed them. We see this word, this Greek word in three different areas. In Matthew 14, verse 14, it says, and Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion towards them and healed their sick. They're very sick. In Mark 6, verse 5, it tells us, and he could there do no mighty work. So this is part of that can of worms because Jesus couldn't actually heal some people because of their unbelief. So if Jesus had that instance, guess what? When we pray, sometimes it, it may not work either, but it's not our job to judge what's going on. Our job is to lay hands. And it says, save he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And then lastly, in Mark 6, verse 13, it says, and they cast out many devils and anointed them with oil, many that were sick and healed them. Here we see all these sick words are from that Greek word, which means they were very, very sick. Jesus said to believers, we would lay hands and they would recover. He wasn't just talking about headaches and skin abrasions. He was talking about the very sick. We should not be grading sickness in terms of our faith of what we can and we can't pray for. We need to know, he said, lay hands on the sick. It's all of the above. From headache all the way to cancer. No name is above his name. His name is above every name. And we speak, I love our songs this morning. We speak Jesus. Amen. The second Greek word that I want to share is, is when we understand lay hands. Just so you understand it literally is a physical touch. The Greek word is epithymi. That's how you say it. And it comes from epi, which means upon, and tithymi, which means to place. So 
They literally are saying, when you join the word together, it's to place upon or to lay upon. It's not just speaking words. It is a physical touch. And Luke 4 verse 40 described that one event where Jesus placed his hand on all the sick people. The second sick word that we can also look at is that word diseases where we find in Luke 4 verse 40. It says, now when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him and he laid hands on every one of them and healed them. So here we see the word diseases is not the same as that same sick word. Okay, this is another Greek word. And this also speaks of a terrible illness or an affliction of the most severe nature. Are you getting the picture that it's not just, you know, coughs and they were bringing very sick people to Jesus and he was healing them all. He really was choosing not to be working by sight. He knew who he was. He knew who he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, sometimes I know when I was on the crusade field, there was this gift of faith. I understand that. And we saw people getting out of wheelchairs. I've seen like that song, I've witnessed it. I've witnessed people getting out of wheelchairs. I've witnessed deaf ears open. I've witnessed blind eyes. I mean, we were in one village in the middle of Zambia. We got lost and we ended, there was nothing. And there was a witch doctor and she was completely blind. And God healed her sight. And that night, the whole village was set free where she looked, she literally was like looking at a mouth, like I can see. So I've witnessed this incredible power of laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. But I too, when I'm walking in Woodmill Lane on a normal day and I see somebody with crutches, I'm like, should I pray for them, shouldn't I? It's a bit nerve wracking, who's gonna see me? We all have that flesh, I call it a flesh flash, where we're like, oh, I can't do it. But what I love is when Jesus said, I only do what my Father tells me to do. You will know deep down inside whether it's that time to pray for somebody. And to ask them first, please don't go around laying on of hands if they haven't given you permission, okay? I really want you to know this. There is a gentle way of saying, can I pray for you? May I lay my hands on you? When your butterflies start flying in formation, you start sweating, you start feeling like you're gonna pass, that's your sign. That's your Holy Spirit's nudge to say, come on, let's step out of your boat. Let me just ask, can I pray for you? And watch what God does. Watch what he does. And then in Mark 16, verse 8, there's another special Greek word, and it comes in English, it says, they shall. And that is this Greek word, echo. And what's very special about this word, it means to have or to possess. But what's more important is the tense. So in in the Greek language, the tenses are very important. Just trust me on that one. But they are very important because it doesn't picture, the picture isn't something that is instantaneous. The tense that they are using there is speaking that it occurs progressively. Just like medication can take hours or days to recover, 
this is what they are saying. They shall is actually the Greek word echo there. And then when it says healed, it speaks of an, of an instantaneous, it's not speaking of an instantaneous event either. It is the word kalos. And kalos means to be well or to be healthy or to be in good shape. So when you put echo with this kalos, it says this, that they shall progressively feel themselves getting better and better until they are well and healthy. That's amazing. Because so much we put, um, so often we put pressure on ourselves that we've got to have an instant healing. Otherwise it didn't work. And what I often happens then is people feel they feel rejected. Well, God doesn't love me. Or I never saw this happen. Or maybe he, you know, it's not working for me. Like I said, I'm not opening that can of worms. But the devil hooks us immediately when things don't happen. It says here that they are well until they are finally, they are well and healthy. I want to tell you that if you don't see your manifestation of healing on earth, guess what? When you hit heaven, you are finally well and healthy. It's a win-win. You are going to get healed. Well, I should say you're going to experience healing because he were healed 2,000 years ago. It's a win-win. Whether you experience it here on earth or the moment you die, you are healed. But can you see there is this progression of starting to feel better? And that's what I want to let you know. There is no pressure in how it manifests. What is the worst that can happen? They stay the same. But you were obedient. And you don't know what's, what's happening on, someone shared a testimony with me in the first service where they prayed for a cerebral palsy lady before she was going to varsity and she came back and testified, I am healed. And yet she still looked the same. And they said, what do you mean? And she said, no, God healed my heart of all the anger and the bitterness and the questions. And she has completely, she's amazing. She's gone and achieved so much in her life. We don't know what healing is taking place. We just have to be obedient. We have to understand this is what God has commanded us. And we will walk out in faith, just like Jesus did. God promised that any believer could do this. Any believer, including you and I, can lay hands on the sick and see the sick get better and better until they are finally restored back to health. Maybe you've had someone pray with you and you've been disappointed. Maybe you've prayed for family members and they've died. I want to tell you this morning, don't be offended. Don't blame God. Our job is to trust him and to walk out in faith. Don't let the enemy come and rob you of healing. Rob you of never stepping out. By a show of hands, can you be brave this morning? And just show me your hands. Have you ever been brave enough to actually lay hands on somebody? Won't you just raise your hands? Look at this. This is amazing. I want you, if you've prayed for someone and they weren't healed immediately, keep your hand up. 
Look at that. Did it stop you? Thank you. You may put it. How many of you prayed and you actually saw a healing take place? Put your hands up. Look at this, guys. This is the church in action. This means that God is working in our midst. What would have happened if you hadn't been brave enough to pray for them? That's what I always say. Imagine they are instantly healed, but I could have not been obedient. I would rather do my part and trust God in where I'm going. We have to be brave. All that is required for God to use us in this way are three basic criteria. Number one, be brave and obedient. Allow God to use you. Number two, to say to yourself, if Jesus did it, so can I. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And Jesus declared, you will do greater works than even I will. Greater. Do you know that means like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, like 2.0. It's an upgrade. You can do those amazing works even better because he's now inside you. This is our challenge. And the third one, that you understand it is by grace, through faith, through the Holy Spirit, enforcing a healing that has been paid for. 1 Peter 2 verse 24 says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. This is faith righteousness. When we understand what he did on the cross is why we're living here. It's not based on our works. And then it says, by whose stripes you, remember the tenses are important, you, you were healed. God's plan is to manifest healing in this earth. And he's using you and I. There is something so powerful. In my mind, when I lay hands on the sick, I literally see the surge of electricity going through my hands and starting to kill cells like a laser. And then I know that power has been deposited in them and is going to start manifesting. We need to step out in faith. We need to be brave and bold because Jesus has said that we can do this. And so with that, I've asked two very precious ladies just to make it so practical to, to show you this is so easy when you have Jesus with you that we just have to be obedient. So I've asked Granny Drew to come and share her very special experience with us and what God told her to do. So Granny Drew, are you fine? I will be your mic stand. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. I've got a beautiful testimony to share with you, um, giving our Father all the glory. I have a very good friend in Cape Town who I've been friends with for about 10 years, and um, we communicate every now and then. And sometime last year, I didn't take note of the date, um, he told me that he was in 
terrible pain. He had a couple of discs that had crumbled in the bottom of his spine and he was in constant pain. And um, I was very concerned about him. And anyway, that night I thought, you know, I said, Lord, you know, this man is not a believer, but I'm going to pray for him. And I did. And uh, I went to bed and very early the next morning, God spoke to me and God said to me, tell him to lay hands on himself. You pray and I will heal him. And I was so thrilled. I couldn't wait for the time to just to get, and I knew he was sleeping, but eventually I couldn't handle it anymore. I phoned him. I said, I have to speak to you. And he said, okay, what's wrong? I said, no. I said, um, would you allow me to pray for you? And he said, yes, yes. So I said, okay, when you get up, because I know you're in bed. So he said, give me a minute. He got up and he said, okay, I'm ready. So I said, all right, put your hand on your back. And I prayed. And he became so emotional. Oh, he said, Drew, you're so kind. I said, no. God loves you so much and he wants to heal you. So um, I said, you can go back to bed. It's fine and I'll speak to you in a little while, in a couple of weeks. So I spoke to him on and off for a couple of months and he never said anything. So I thought, okay, he's not complaining and I know I've done what God told me to do, so I'm just going to be patient. And then on the 2nd of December, I got the message from him and he said, thank you for praying for me. Because that morning that you prayed, he said, from then on, the pain slowly started leaving my body. Until now, he said, I'm telling everybody that my friend prayed and I don't need an operation. So, hallelujah. Thank you. And I know I'm waiting for the next testimony when he tells me that he's accepted Jesus as his Savior. Amen. 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 Thank you, Granny. There we go. Isn't that amazing? Do you know that Jesus heals even those that aren't saved as a testimony of his goodness? We can think out the box. I love that God didn't just say pray. God told her to make him lay his hands, and that was a physical contact of God using her. And it's going to be a sign and a wonder of, of his salvation. And then I wanted to just share one of my personal testimonies is at the end of last year, I hurt my back very badly and it was completely out and normally it takes me weeks to recover from that. And we were in life group and our, our family were with us and at the end of life group, they said, come, let's lay hands on you. And Brigitte even came and prayed for me and I woke up the next day where my back wasn't sore. I got, felt so much better, and I was able to recover so quickly. And the next week, our life group then um, met together. We were having our Christmas party, and the Jeffreys family were hosting us. And all of a sudden, Mary Ann came to me, and she told me about her back, and, we, and she's going to come and share her testimony. But what was so amazing is was, I was like, hang on a sec. I know what to do about this. So, Mary Ann, come and share your side. This is the other side of the series. <laughs> this is the real side. <laughs> Just before um, I share my testimony, I want to say <clears throat> during worship this morning, so I was here for the first service and the, at the second, but so strong during the first service, I just felt the Lord saying, 
I love you so much. And every word that was sung in the worship songs testified to how much God loves us and how much he wants to do good for us. So this is a really good story. So I don't suffer from back problems, um, but I woke, I had a terrible night during the night. I couldn't even turn over in bed. And I got out of bed and I had to get up. We were hosting, first of all, during the day, we were hosting the hospice ladies for their end of the year tea. And then later in the evening, we were hosting the D and Steve cell group, a life group um, evening. And I could hardly walk. It was too terrible. I couldn't bend. I couldn't do anything. Thank goodness my daughter was at home and she's an event person. So she took control and did the whole thing. And I hobbled around and tried not to let anybody, as we do as women, we try and be brave and try to not let anybody know. Anyway, that evening, Dee and everybody came, and there was a lot of excitement and chatting and whatever going on. And I had mentioned to Dee that I had a really sore back. And somewhere during the evening, she just came up to me. There was a lot of noise. I couldn't even hear what she was praying. But she laid her hands on my back, prayed, and there were no great sparks and whatever, and I didn't really think I felt any different. That evening, after cleaning up and all, I went to bed, and I woke up the next morning, and I thought, I turned over and got out of bed, and I thought, I had such a wonderful night, and there was no pain in my back. It was absolutely healed. I touched my toes. I came up. I did a few things. I jumped around, and it was healed, absolutely and wholly healed. And I sent dear message. I said, you know what? My back is healed. Your prayers work. So you are all glory to the Lord and just keep praying for people. It's, you never know when it works. Amen. 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 Thank you, friends. So practical. Does that encourage you guys? Here is the word. It's part of our foundations. God has commanded us to lay hands on the sick. And so this morning as we we stand, won't we just stand together? We're going we're gonna to put this into practice. The Holy Spirit is with us. He's moving. So if we can just close our eyes and bow our heads before we pray for the sick, I just, I want to give people the opportunity. Maybe you've, you've come here this morning and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you don't know this healer and savior that I'm talking about. And today is your day. Today is the day where you say, dear, I need Jesus on the inside. I've heard about him, but today I want to make him Lord of my life. If that's you this morning, won't you be brave and bold and just put up your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. Maybe you're online. Thank you. Thank you. Today is your day of salvation. Thank you. You may put your hands down. If you're online and at home and this is your day, you're saying, I can't go on without him. We're going to pray together as a church just to stand with these precious people. Can we pray together and say, Father God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. 
today I make you Lord of my life. I repent, I turn around, and I follow you. You are now my Lord. I am yours. Never the same again. Brand new. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So church this morning, if you are suffering with sickness, whether it's a headache, whether it's part of your body, and you are trusting God to manifest healing this morning, I want you to be brave and just put your hand up. If you would like someone to pray and lay hands on you this morning, won't you just raise your hands? Thank you, thank you. Just say, I need to be touched. Thank you, Father. And now, church, if you, just keep your hands up. If you have someone around you and you are feeling brave, you can ask them either where they want to be prayed or you're just going to stand and go and speak over them this morning. So if you see someone with their hand raised, won't you just gather around them? You can have more than one person. You can have, you can just turn around and go and lay your hands on them this morning. You can just reach out. Church, you can move out your aisles. You can find somebody who you feel your heart is going towards. Keep your hand up until you've got people that are praying for you. Has everybody got? Thank you, Father. And as a church, we are going to put God's word into practice. Thank you, Father. Has everybody got? Alma? Thank you, Father. Lord Jesus. You commanded us to lay hands on the sick. And right now, we speak to all forms of sickness, whatever your name is. We remind you your name is under the blood of Jesus. And today, we choose to lay hands on the sick. We are obedient, and we say, body, be healed in Jesus' name. We speak the manifesting healing power of Jesus right now into every cell of their bodies. If you have a special language to start praying in the Spirit, it's you praying God's perfect prayer over them right now. Maybe you've never seen this before. Just be at peace. You can see no one's forcing anything. Let's take it seriously. God is so kind. Maybe you're needing healing in your heart. Maybe your heart is broken right now. Receive that healing. I speak to cancer. I speak to diabetes. I speak to muscles. I speak to knees. I speak to hips. I speak to blood diseases. 
I speak to immunity, failure. I speak against side effects. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So rabashiandarabakana. So rabashiandarabasitikitiana. The peace of God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Father, I just speak healing in this place. That they shall recover. That your healing is manifested in their body. That cells will die that are not of you. That muscles will repair. That minds will be made whole. In Jesus' name I pray this. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you, church, for stepping out your boat. I want to encourage you, if this is new, if you've never done this, can you see how gentle and unforced it is? We don't need to be pushing people over. We don't need to be praying long prayers. This is about you and Jesus. And it can be so gentle. So this morning, thank you so much. If you raised your hand and you gave your life to Jesus, we have a very special book for you in the corner there. You'll see what now. Please go. The ministry team have a special book for you. They'd love to pray with you. We also have our ministry team available. So if you just feel you want to be laid hands on again and you just want to stand with somebody more, please, it's, you're so welcome. Even Jesus prayed for someone twice. It's okay. It's okay. We love you. Stand in faith with someone this morning. Go and have a great cup of coffee. And always remember, you are highly favored and deeply loved. Have a wonderful week.